welcome to the Park Road Podcast for October 30th, 2016. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Russ Dean, co-pastor with Amy Jacks Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. His sermon today is entitled, Part of an Ongoingness. All morning, wow. When I chose the text, thinking of Legacy Week several weeks ago, uh, I knew they were appropriate, but I didn't realize quite how appropriate until Donna read them, thinking about who it is to be Baptist and what it means to leave a legacy. I might need to read those every day this week. For many people around the world, Baptists have become known as a basket full of deplorables. Excuse me for borrowing that phrase, but that's who we are. Racist, bigoted, ignorant, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic, shallow. We are anti-education and anti-environmental, fearful and backward-looking. At the same time, we are fatalistic in an irrational understanding that the world is soon coming to an end, and we are biblical inerrantists and exclusive literalists in our understanding of salvation, believing when that blessed apocalypse occurs, which will not come soon enough to get us out of this world of secularists and liberals and elites, we will be the only ones who get to join Jesus at the pearly gates. Like it or not, folks, the word on the street is, that's who we are. If you join Park Road without being aware of what you are becoming, I'm sorry, you should have read the fine print. Without a doubt, this is what it means to be Baptist in America, as many people understand it. I am constantly amazed at the way people respond to me and what it tells me about what they think Baptist means. The way people understand it or misunderstand it is just as I have caricatured it for you. But this is a battle that we face every day, every single day. How do we communicate to a world of religion watchers and some church shoppers without being without beginning apologetically or defensively oh no well no we're not you know that kind of baptist it's not much of a sales pitch is it how do we convey who we are a message of a people on a faith journey who are almost diametrically opposed in almost every way to the image carried by the name as most people understand Ironically, of course, who we really are makes us the deplorables, according to most Baptists. But who we are, Baptist, is a legacy to be celebrated. Regardless the name on the sign, if we can understand that legacy and find ways to communicate it to our friends and neighbors and to the strangers who need friends and neighbors, we could we could learn to celebrate part of the beingness that it means to be free and faithful. 
And we could join in what Edmund Burke said was part of the ongoingness of this world. The Baptist spirit is part of the ongoingness of this world. It has been a powerfully good thing. Now I've heard all my life that the church is always one generation away from extinction. I've always heard this framed in the cautious light of an evangelical enthusiasm that sought to harness a little guilt and fear and emotional manipulation to save the souls that would save the church from its own demise. Well, I believe it's true still today, but I believe it with a little different understanding, with more, a mature, more mature vision of the reality that lies before us. The church is always one generation away from extinction, but the church is not bound to be extinct. But we may be. We Baptists who are thoughtful enough to engage the realities of a pluralistic world, we are not going back to some quaint delusion of a Christian America. We are evermore becoming the beautiful melting pot of immigrants that our patriotic and religious forebears dared to envision when they planted that Statue of Liberty who cries out across the Atlantic Ocean, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The foreigners are here to stay and they are us. The church is not bound for extinction, but we may be. We who are determined to be intellectually honest enough and filled with enough personal integrity to hear the science, accept the science, and affirm the scientists who give us that science. The human race did not just poof into spoken existence some 6,000 years ago, before God flooded the world to save all but the dinosaurs, and we are not headed to an apocalyptic consummation of all history unless that apocalyptic fire is set by our own foolishness. The church is not bound for extinction, but we may be, we who were born just 400 years ago in a determined cry for the freedom which our forebear Roger Williams called liberty of conscience. All are free before God. All are deserving of respect and all of us can live together. The first pastor of the first Baptist church in America was exiled from the colonies for his passion for this liberty. In his own words, Roger Williams would say it this way, there goes many a ship to sea with many hundred souls in one ship whose weal and woe, whose future destiny, whose good and bad, whose joy and sorrow is common. It hath fallen out sometimes that both Papists and Protestants, that is the Catholics and the Protestants, the Jews and the Turks, the Jews and the Muslims, may be embarked in one ship upon which supposal I affirm 
that all the liberty of conscience that I ever pleaded for turns upon these two hinges, that none of the papists, Protestants, Jews, or Turks be forced to come to the ship's prayers of worship, nor compelled from their own particular prayers of worship if they practice any. You understand in his language, faith that is coerced is not faith. Roger Williams made room for all, and he was exiled from the colonies for fighting a movement that wanted to reestablish so quickly a state church in this country. That's what they had fled from in Europe, and within 20 years there was a movement to reestablish a state church. And William spoke against it, and he was exiled. He was slandered and labeled a liberal for daring to condemn those who prayed to Allah. This was 380 years ago in the United States. And he was labeled a liberal for defending those who did not pray because they did not believe. He was considered dangerous, a dissident, a rebel. Baptists always have been. And the ongoingness of the Baptist spirit of radical inclusion and visionary freedom, of a determination that we can all live together on this ship of common destiny, that spirit is alive and well in our country today. Tragically and ironically, the spirit is not alive because of the voice of the loudest of the Baptists those who make our name so hard to live with. Many of those Baptists are fighting issues that have, fighting against the issues that have historically been most important to us. The Spirit is alive in spite of those Baptists, but it was that Spirit that influenced the leaders who wrote our nation's founding documents. The First Amendment to the Constitution guaranteeing our freedoms of speech and religion, freedom of religion, which is freedom from religion. That document, that amendment was influenced by the voice of determined Baptists. And when some wanted to enlist the government's support of their church, the Danbury Baptist Association petitioned President Thomas Jefferson, who agreed with their concern and replied, affirming the central importance of building a wall of separation between church and state. In a letter to concerned Baptists, those words were enshrined forever. The Baptist spirit is alive and well, and it will never die because the spirit of freedom is nothing less than the spirit of God loose among us. I guess the question is, who's going to speak that voice of freedom? And the church is in no danger of extinction because it is an institution and a movement that is necessary to the human animal. As someone has said, even if it weren't true, religion is something humans would have needed to make up because we need it. And we do. You see, the church will survive. The question is just, in whose hands? And in what voice will it speak? 
If the real Baptists in the world, those who are willing to be inclusive of all others, to tear down the walls and welcome all, those who have no fear of new discoveries and ideas that challenge old ones, those who will stand for freedom for all people. If those Baptists abdicate, the church will not die. It will, be it will just be left to the control of other voices. And I think the world needs your voice, our voice. I think we need your investment in Park Road Baptist Church because the Baptist spirit deserves to survive in the church which gave it birth. And this particular congregation is, a, is as true a Baptist church, true to the core convictions of the Baptist spirit as any church I have known. From the very beginning, those few spirits who gathered at Park Road Elementary School just a block from here to form a new congregation, from the very beginning, though they were Southern Baptists, they were independent-minded, free-spirited, non-conformist. Now our church's fathers, founders, did not think of themselves as radicals. They were Southern Baptists. But somehow there was a quiet, ornery seed of dissent within that group. Very early they said they would welcome divorced persons, which was taboo in 1950 into all roles of leadership in the church. And then they opened the first interracial church-sponsored daycare in the city of Charlotte. And they refused to conform to standard Baptist dogma about baptism, and so they got kicked out of the local Southern Baptist Association. And they openly welcomed the homosexual community nearly 40 years ago. That spirit has continued in our quest to emphasize independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. We have always been Baptists. But too many who share our convictions have abandoned the ship. I want very much for us to be a part of an ongoingness that will make the church, at least our part of it, relevant and vital in the world. And we need them who have abandoned the ship to come back home. And I need you to find them. The instruction that Donna just read, found in the book of 1 Peter, was given to a church that was trying to find its way in the world the church always is trying to find its way in the world. And Baptists have always been keenly aware of that struggle. Keenly aware of the tension between government authority and God's authority. Between laws of the land and a higher law. But Baptists have always been determined that we could navigate that tension living as a free And as we consider the legacy of freedom we have received from 400 years of spirited Baptists and 66 years of Park Road's own dissident voices, 
we also hear the voice of the great preacher known in the book of Ecclesiastes. Cast your bread upon the water and after many days it will return to you. Now, I don't know what kind of narrow-minded philosophy the world's wealthiest man was following when he called legacy a stupid thing, that quote at the beginning of your bulletin. Bill Gates should know as well as anyone that legacies are inevitable and undeniable, and a legacy is both a responsibility and a high privilege. We all leave a legacy. Thanks be to God. And I firmly believe that a part of the ongoingness of the Baptist vision and genius in our history can be a significant source of influence for the legacy we will leave. Considering ways we can further the legacy of Park Road Baptist Church will ensure that others have a chance to understand that vision and be liberated by it. You will leave a legacy. I think you could do no better than to make it Baptist to the core. May it be so. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.